Today's podcast is sponsored by Youth Ministry Booster, an online youth ministry resource network that for $25 a month provides all the graphics, games, visuals, resources, and community support that you need to enhance your large group gatherings. Boost your youth ministry at www.youthministrybooster.com. Get everything you need to make your next teaching series great. Visit www.youthministrybooster.com and get boosted today. reflection in youth ministry. Whether you are 19 and are just getting started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope this weekly dose of honesty and humor helps. Welcome to After 9, the most honest conversation in youth ministry. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 69 of After 9 with a big announcement. Uh, you may have seen it in your email earlier today. You may have noticed it on the website for After 9 at Youth Ministry Booster. But we now have another show. And so our partner show, one of their co-hosts, Zach Hummer, is on the episode with us today. So a little backstory. I know we say this a lot, but it's so true. Youth Ministry is getting revolutionized by quality, free resources like podcasts. And so if you are not listening on the regular to at least a couple of shows, here's one more for you to try out. When you going to be a real pastor? I know, you've heard the question, I've heard the question, and you're not quite sure how to answer it. Because what we're doing now as youth ministers feels like pastoring kind of work. Anyway, I'll let Zach and Ryan tackle that question on the weekly on their podcast. Today, though, I just want to introduce you to my friend, tech-savvy, dad, youth pastor, (laughs) and Patriots fan. Ugh, I hate even saying that. But you're going to love him. The man with the golden throat, co-host of When You're Going to Be a Real Pastor, and an all-around great guy, good friend. And in this honest episode, answering all the After 9 questions, let me introduce you to my new friend, Zachariah Hummer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of After 9 with... Sorry, Chad. My new best friend, Zach Hummer. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. I had to sell him out. I had to sell him out. I love him. He's great. Uh, but Zachariah Hummer, maybe introduce yourself to our Afternight audience a little bit. Listen, this is – I feel like I'm a celebrity today. Like, I'm on Afternight. <laughs> I'm looking at Zach, and we're making fun of Chad. I feel like this is good. This is it's real good. good. It's good. So I'm happy it's to good. be here. My name is Zach, uh, and I am a youth pastor out in uh, the greater Boston area in Massachusetts. And I've been doing it for like two and a half years, but I've been in youth ministry for almost 10, I think, which is okay, pretty okay. sweet. Got some kids. So, I got four of them. And four kiddos. All right. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and my life is insane. Yeah. What's up, guys? So, so you guys uh, you guys have got your own youth ministry at home. That's great. We're working, you know, on, really, working on a youth yeah. ministry basketball team, a band. We've got a lot of cool things in the, in the works. That's so fun, man. Have you spent those last 10 years in the greater New England area? I mean, are you like dyed in the wool? Like, like are you like... Red Sox, Mets, Yankees, Patriots. Like, how do you align? Yeah. What's your affiliation? People want to know. People, People want to know. Where know. You I understand. So, listen, I grew up in New Jersey. 
we were <laughs> my dad hates the Giants, so we were Cowboys fans for football, which is weird. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Okay, as much as you just identify with all of our all of our southern listeners in Oklahoma and Texas, <laughs> that is not where I thought you were gonna go with the answer to that question. Well, I mean, go on. Based proceed. on based on the, the division, it, it makes sense because because the Cowboys and the Giants are in the same division. So like my dad was like, Hey, we hate the Giants, so we're gonna root for the Cowboys so they destroy the you know the Giants. So anyway, <laughs> So I never was into football. I was never into sports my whole life, which actually has served me really well in moving to New England in, in about three years ago. Because I got okay. here and I realized that people from New England are insane about their sports. And they are. <laughs> I, 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 I'm a pastor in Foxborough, which is where Gillette Stadium is. So these people up wow. here are all about the Patriots. I've got a couple of Patriots that actually go to our church. And, uh, dude, I got, I got the football bug when I got here. Okay. It bit me okay. hard. I'm so into the Patriots <laughs> right now. Um, which Dude, is, is what it's, a time. It's really what a time easy to be into the Patriots because they win all the time. So there you go. <laughs> as far as baseball, my family were a Yankee family, man. And so I don't talk about okay. it up here because they'll murder me. Uh, <laughs> and I don't need that. I don't need that evil in my life. So you're like a pastor in the way that you like really care about the Patriots, but you're prophetic in the way that you're like, you know, like speaking truth against the darkness by being a Yankees fan. Absolutely. Okay. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not afraid. Really, you just love a winner. Really, Zach, you just love a winner. Just love well, a winner. Well, hey, Yankees haven't won in a while. Oh, that's yeah. true. That's true. Plus, I got to be honest. If I'm really honest, I think baseball is mind-numbingly boring. So, oh no, we're gonna have to edit that out because Chad Higgins will not stand for that. No, you just like oh, I think man. he's about to text me right now. Yeah, he's upset. Take it out. He's take it out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, man, that's so good to hear. Uh, so obviously, like friendship through podcasting and through youth ministry yeah. and through all the things we would talk about. But we got to do a little backstory, a little origin story. Because it's such an odd profession, right? It's just an yeah. odd kind of thing. So, like, what got you into youth ministry? Like, like, why in the world? Why in the especially with four kids at home? I mean, you you can do plenty of youth ministry just at your house. Like, yeah, why are you doing youth ministry as like your job? Like, what got you into it? Well, you know, I think I think there's a lot of people out there uh, who who gradually find themselves working in youth ministry. They, you know, somebody says, "Hey, you might be good with the youth," and you get involved, or maybe a youth pastor, you know, tricks you into coming to youth group and helping out. And then you, you, you kind of, you get the bug and through, through your service, you begin to realize that God is calling you into something more leadership driven and whether that be uh, in volunteer way or whether that be a bivocational or full time, it, it's a gradual thing through acting like Jesus to kids. Okay. For me, it was not that. So <laughs> for me, it really started when I, when I first became a believer, I was 16 years old. I went to a Christian music festival with my best friends. We were playing a lot of music together at the time. And my, my, my best friend, Carmelo was like, he just approached me. He said, listen, I know you believe in God, but I don't think you know who Jesus is and mm-hmm. you need to understand you need to follow Jesus with your life. And I, and I said, well, I'm, I'm ready. And I was, I was, I was ready. And, and he walked me through that process. We prayed together and it was in that moment that, um, I, I tangibly felt the Holy Spirit, uh, in, you know, sort of the indwelling of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Not everyone has that experience and I'm not trying to sensationalize anything at all here, but in that moment, uh, it was so you know, there are people out there that that's, will say like, oh, God speaks to me in, in, in small ways. And I think God speaks to us all in different ways. For me, it's always been spiritual drop kicks. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm doing a thing and, and the Holy Spirit's like, no! And I get kicked in the chest through the door that I need to go to, which is behind yeah. me. Like, I'm just walking in the wrong yeah. direction. And, you know, he came in that space, in this tent at this festival, and it was very clear that I was supposed to be working in ministry, in particular in youth ministry. And so you might think like, oh, great, 16 years old, you started walking toward youth and this is great. I, no, I just spend the next like six to eight years just not listening to what God had to say and doing whatever I wanted to do, right? 
And, and I got to be about 22, 21, 22 years old and I was in college and, uh, I had another one of those moments where, where God basically just asked me the question, how long do you think you can run away from me? Mm. How long? Right? How long do you think you can you can just do whatever you want to do and not be the person that I have called you to be? And my overwhelming answer, as I picked myself up off the floor, was, I, I can't run anymore. I, I have to stop. Mm. I have to do what I've been called to do. And uh, I picked, you know, I jumped into a into a church. I was already leading worship at a church and kind of helping out with the worship team because music has always been sort of my default. And I joined the youth group and became an official intern, and one thing led to another. And uh, by the time I was 26, I, uh, I took my first youth pastor position here in, in Church of Emmanuel in Foxborough. And mm. this is my first one. I've done youth ministry for a long time. Okay. But, okay. but it really was much, much more of a, how long do you think you can run away from what I've called you to do uh, mm. in my life? So it wasn't gradual. It was, it was a kick in this direction. Okay. No, that's that's strong, man. Because I feel like that is kind of the, the the tension between the two things is either like you just keep finding yourself in it, or yeah. it just becomes this you know very like <laughs> second round of come to Jesus moment of like I can do no other, which is <laughs> in as many ways as terrifying it is. It's also kind of comforting because it's like I don't know what else I could do, and that's that's yeah. powerful. Man. I mean, it certainly has served me well. The idea of okay. of yeah. him just saying <laughs> like, "Hey, you're gonna do this because I've called you to it." Right, this it was is a real Moses. <laughs> it's a Moses moment where Moses is like, I, "I don't, I can't talk good," and God's like, "Who made your mouth? Like, I right, will make right. you successful." And good, uh, yeah, that that's been really a lot of my story. That's good. That's good. Uh, favorite moments? I mean, that's one of those you get called into the thing and you're hoping for some exciting times. Uh, maybe maybe the call is is enough to uh, sustain you. But if not, like, has there been like a moment or two that have been just like, this is why we do what we do? Absolutely, man. There's so many moments, right? Like, because okay. people will look at my job from the outside to look at the youth, you know, from the outside and go, wow, that's a sweet gig. Like, yeah, <laughs> you guys get to do a lot of really cool stuff. And it's true. We absolutely do. I think uh, there are two. I'll give you a recent moment. And I'll give you like my my all time moment. Oh, I, yeah, I want them both. I want them both. Okay. Yeah. So like my all time moment was actually it was a growth moment for me, and at the same time it was uh, it was a time for me again to realize from a spiritual drop kick what God was actually doing. But we went to this. Uh, re- this was when I was an intern uh, down in New York. It was right outside of New York City. We were uh, uh, went to this this weekend retreat, and we decided this time to bring both uh, junior and senior high. And so we have our own okay. space. You know, you go to a retreat. And sometimes they give you like a room for all of you to connect together. Yeah, so we've got yeah. like 40 or 50 students and a bunch of leaders in this room. And my mentor, who is our youth pastor, he looked at me and he said, listen, you're going to get up in front of the kids. You're going to read the scripture that the, the speaker talked about. And then you're going to sit down and you're going to say nothing. And I was like, dude, this is a huge fail. Like no one's going to say anything. We're going to be sitting here in silence. It's going to be an absolute nightmare. And he was like, you just need to trust me. You're going to learn today the value of silence. And so I stood up. I read from Colossians 1, which is, you know, like, it's just, this guy was, like, really hitting hard on, uh, you know, Jesus' supremacy. So we, like, read it. I sat down. And for four minutes, dude, four minutes of silence, which, like, you say it out loud and you go, oh, that's not that long. With that's a cool kids. moment, man. That's a powerful moment. Yeah. Dude, four minutes of silence is excruciating. And I'm almost ready to break through the silence and like say something because I'm a talker. I'm a talker. And this <laughs> this girl started to cry. And she just started saying that, like, hey, listen, like, I don't feel welcome here. 
and I don't, um, you know, I, I feel like there's too many clicks in this place. And then another girl started, and 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 then a guy stands up, and it, all of a sudden it was just at one right after another of people apologizing to each other, of people uh, just being reconciled to one another. Not a single leader spoke for two hours, wow. and and we sat there in this in this space, and I just felt the Holy Spirit just say like, "You sir are not in the work of transformation. That is my work. That's what I do, and you need to learn today." You're going to learn today, sir, <laughs> that I am the one who will transform these students. You will proclaim my name, and I will do the work. And it was just uh, such a you – know, I'll never forget that moment. Never forget that moment. And I, I do that every – we go we go to a camp now, and I do it every time. We sit down, and we just allow for silence. And sometimes yeah, yeah. it works, sometimes it doesn't, but each kid gets to have a space – we we take away their phones too, which is like a nightmare good, scenario good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for them. <laughs> I'm and untethered. I don't know. I'm adrift. <laughs> I can't. I can't deal. I can't. Uh, people I can't they give even. me the excuse of like I can't call my mom, and I'm like she'll be fine. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. <laughs> Your mom can call me. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's totally cool. She's got my number if she needs you. All right. 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 But my my recent moment, and again another another teaching moment for me, where the where the Holy Spirit is really just revealing some things, in, you know, about my ministry. We're driving to camp again. This is a couple of weeks ago. We're driving to camp, and uh, I've got this kid named Davey, uh, who's I, I won't call him a favorite, but he's he's a favorite. I love this kid. Okay, okay, all right. So, so Davey's Davey's. In the car, and what I do in the van, we have like a 15-passenger van. We'll take up, we take a few of them up to camp, and I just have an aux cable, and we just pass it around, and people get to share their music while we drive. Nice. And he he puts on Juice Newton, all right, Angel of the Morning, dude. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and he just starts singing. He starts singing the chorus, which is you know, just call me Angel of the Morning, Angel. Just touch my face in the morning. Yeah. 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 Yeah, just touch my cheek before you leave. Right? <laughs> and in that space, like, we're all laughing. We're having this great time. And I just felt God say, like, savor this moment. Savor this moment because you you are connecting with these, with these kids in the mundane. Like, you're just mm. sharing nonsense with them. And it was, like, one of those spaces, I feel like every youth pastor or youth worker has this, where they just go, these kids are not going to remember any of the, of the messages that I bring to them. But they'll never forget that time that Davey sang Angel of the Morning on the way to the youth retreat. And, and it Zach hit him with the background vocals. <laughs> right, yeah, we got the back, background vocals in. We got the, the harmonies running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before you leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. No. It was, it was just so good. And it was and, it, and these little things, they just happen over time. And, and they associate the excitement of that and, the, and the, um, just how much fun that was. With with being part, it's part of being in fellowship with the body of Christ, and and eventually that just becomes part of their story and part of who they are and how they feel about uh, the church, which is good. It's really good, man. That's so good. That's so good. Well, and that's where like, man, I I pity I pity the guy or girl that's like they spend way too much time in the program, right? Yeah. Like that's that's my thing, and like and I'm guilty of that. So I'm gonna say it and just know that I'm guilty of it, and I have. You know, my chalkboard and my whiteboard and I'm mapping and I'm planning and we're writing and it's going to be great and thematic and powerful. But if you miss, if you miss the car karaoke, the, the couch joking before and after program time because you were putting everything into the lights, stage, smoke and video, 
man, like that's what they remember is 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 those silly in betweens. And it's not that you shouldn't have great teaching and you shouldn't prepare. Please Absolutely. prepare. Please prepare. <laughs> For the love but, of God. <laughs> work on your lesson. <laughs> That's okay. Sorry, I got a little excited there. But like, if you miss, if you miss the silly time, right? Like, if you miss it, then you are missing the essence, right? Like, because they do forget. Like, I mean, I, I had a great youth pastor, and I still talk to him like once a month on the reg. That's but awesome. I only remember one sermon, and that's only because he showed clips from The Matrix, and we were all fifteen, and our parents <laughs> found out it was an R-rated movie. Now he didn't show any R-rated clips. They just found out that the movie, which. Irony of ironies, he didn't show clips of the passion, and people got mad about that. So who knows? That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love yeah. Evan's anyway. subculture. <laughs> oh, I love no, dude. That's uh, and we'll, we'll we'll shelve that for later. But long I'm story teasing, short is, I had a great teacher, youth pastor, and I remember more the conversations we had about pro wrestling in my middle school lunchroom than I remember any one particular talk that he gave. So oh, that's true, man. It's good. It's so it's good. good. <laughs> well, we'll make sure to include the uh, Juice Newton Angel of the Morning uh, karaoke version from YouTube in the Please. show notes if anybody needs that. to sing Okay, we're having a good time. Absolutely, man. But we, but we all know youth ministry is not always a good time. And so, yeah. uh, again, we, we're so glad you're on the show. We're talking. You're still doing the thing. But my buddy, Zach Hummer, was there ever a night that you almost quit youth ministry? Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking about this a little bit because you know I appreciate that you send me these questions beforehand that I can I can get real I can get real deep on them, but um I I just I feel like for me and again just mentioning again that that my my calling into youth ministry was very forcible <laughs> in a way like God it was had, a drop kick yeah 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 <laughs> you're gonna do this I'm gonna kick you into this uh, I realized when I began youth ministry why I needed the drop kick early on. And why okay. my interactions with the Holy Spirit toward my calling were were so forcible, because I needed to know, for me, right? I needed to know uh, that this was something definitely that God had for me and that He had purposed me to do. And here, and here's why. Um, you know, I I'll be honest with you, I never had a, a a night where I said like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit. But my first yeah. two years of youth ministry were the most difficult years of my entire life. Okay. Um, and, and the reason why I had nothing to do with my students. So I'm going to share just a little bit about like kind of what happened with me. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, walked into, I walked into the youth ministry feeling like, man, this is going to be amazing, right? Like yeah. this is what God has been calling me to. I'm finally walking in step with him. And the, the senior pastor that wasn't my church, he, he drove all the way down to, to New York. I'm living right outside of, of the city in New York. And, and he comes down, he takes me out to, to dinner, like we, we connected well, and you know, he brings me up to Boston, and we're, we're checking all that, all that stuff, and they offer me the job, I'm in, he's in, it just felt right, you know? And three weeks after I started, it was, July, it was June of 2014, three weeks after, he takes me out to breakfast, he's like, I've been, I've been, you know, I'm really worried about this conversation, I was like, dude, what's going on? He's like, I'm leaving, I'm leaving the church. And I'm going to go take a church in Ohio, and this is something that God has been leading me toward. And I, and I was like, dude, are you, you didn't, this is, I just got hired. Like, you didn't know this before you hired me? Like, what? You're bailing on me. <laughs> You're bailing on me. And so is this, it was very, it was very scary because in that moment, and maybe that's the better, the better way to say it is like, this was a moment of, of a little bit of fear for me. Um, yeah. And I got a phone call from my mentor, and this is such a huge thing. Like, I got a phone call from him, and he just said, listen, you got two options. Number one, you leave. 
Just leave. Mm-hmm. Come back here. Mm-hmm. We'll figure this out. I've got a lot of connections in the denomination. We can make sure that you get a, a place. I know you lost your, you, you know, you, I, I had a really good job. I was working in technology at a school district. He was like, you might be able to get that gig back. If not, we'll get you in a, in a church as soon as we can. You know, like, he's like, we can make this work because ultimately this was, this was not the right thing for this guy to do. Right. This is not a good situation for you because now I don't know my elders. They seem great. I don't really know the governing board. I don't really know the church. The church doesn't really know me. And I and he goes or you get second option. You you stick it out. And not only do you stay for all of the transition time, but you give whoever comes in at least two years, even if you hate them. And that's a good mentor, man. That's such a good mentor. Yeah. And and he looks at and so I'm talking to him on the phone and I, I just felt again, it's just the Holy Spirit. Right. Just and my wife and I both just went. We're staying. We're, we're doing this thing. And we, and we stuck it out. It's been two and a half years of, of that. And in that space, um, it, I feel like I'm on a, a fast track. You know, Doug Fields wrote that book, like, your first two years in youth ministry. Years in youth ministry. He yeah, didn't yeah. write about any of the things that I dealt with in my first two years in youth ministry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling Doug Just, Fields. He needs to revise this thing. Right, so, right. The, the senior pastor leaves. Um, I connected with this one kid. So there's three things that I'll highlight. The, the second thing is I connected with this one kid who was so like, so much like me. Like he liked the same music. He was this really great kid. Kids, the people liked him. He was graduating and, and heading into to college. But on our first, my first summer there, he came to all the trips and he helped me to connect with these kids. He knew them all. And so it was, yeah. it made my transition super easy. And I was like, I okay, mean, good maybe the senior pastor left. It's going to be fine. I get into September of that first year and we get a phone call. Um, you know, Max, that's the kid's name. Max isn't feeling well. He went to the hospital. Uh, he has leukemia. Mm. And it really shook me because I was like, all right, so again, like youth ministry isn't just fun and games all the time. Like this is a real, this is unbelievable stuff that we need to deal with. And it's, it always hurts worse when it's a kid who's dealing with this stuff, right? Like, I can go to the hospital for an, you know, a, a senior citizen, right? Somebody in their 70s or 80s, and I go, oh, I'll justify their sickness by the fact that they're old, right? Yeah. Which, you know, it's, it's easier for us to comprehend. When you're sitting with a 19-year-old um, mm. every Wednesday playing board games at Boston Children's Hospital, and you're watching the chemotherapy destroy his body, like, it's a different experience, and it's in those times that I was like, thank you, Lord, for punting me into youth ministry and not just like, you know, calling me in gently because I had to stand on my calling in a way that I, I was not prepared for. And mm. just just to give you the, the happy part of it, we're two two years into this whole thing. He's cancer free, just for the record. That's awesome. Okay. I, was, I, I, I can't ask, but I want to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely, awesome. dude. Awesome. He's cancer free. He's doing so well. Um, you know, the chemotherapy messes with your joints and stuff. So there's some things that he we, we were still praying through and um, and we're still connecting. He actually came on our junior high retreat as a leader. It was so That's cool. So, so, cool. so God so just cool. uses some amazing things. But in that moment, I was like, what am I? Oh, my goodness. Like, what am I doing here? Yeah. And then the final thing came in in the second year uh, of of youth ministry when I we got the phone call from my my third daughter Samantha. We got a phone call and and they said, "Listen, there's something wrong with the ultrasound, and we mm. need you to come in and we need to take a look at this because it could be it could be a genetic issue." Mm. And we had no other issues with our other two daughters, and so we go in and we did an amniocentesis, which is basically just a giant needle that they stick into your wife's belly. It was horrifying. Mm. Um, mm. I'm getting real. Is it okay if I get real? <laughs> Dude, we want you to. Hey, this is after nine. It's the most honest podcast in youth ministry. You get real, sir. You get, I get real. real. So 
they they found out that our our daughter had cystic fibrosis, which we didn't even know what CF was, mm. um, and that Anna and I, my wife and I, were both carriers of CF. And oh, so wow. we look it up, and and essentially it's it's the body. It's a genetic thing where the body can't uh, metabolize sodium correctly, and so it generates a whole bunch of mucus in the lungs and the digestive mm. system, the pancreas. And so we had this daughter that we didn't know how to treat. Luckily, we're near the best children's hospital in the world, which was pretty sweet. Boston Children's awesome. amazing, and uh, it was it was one of the most difficult times of my life in ministry and just in general because we're trying to figure out how to deal with this infant at the same time that I'm still learning how to be a youth pastor. I've got kids that at the youth group who need things that are trying to connect with me. I'm trying to mentor them and run my leader team and doing all this stuff, and I just it just got to be unbelievably difficult. And it all came to a head at the at our Super Bowl party of in 2016. Um, it was the you know Broncos and the Panthers, right? You're a North Carolina guy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you don't really care though. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I'm not like sold, but yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm in the middle of of that party. We're at halftime, and my wife comes in and she says, "Sammy, something's wrong with Sammy." And mm. um, she had RSV, which is like a normal thing for infants, but with CF, it's like this huge problem. Sure, so we sure. go into the hospital. We're in the hospital for almost three weeks at that point. And this was not the first time that we were in the hospital with her for multiple, you know, for longer stay. And it was, it, it was just in those moments of like, I don't even know if I can do this. Like, I don't know if this is even functional for me. Um, and again, God, you know, taught us that, that part of being a Christian is, is learning how to suffer with Christ. Um, and our church learned how to suffer with us and became the body of Christ to us. Um, so it, I'm so glad as much as I look back on that first two years and I look at it and I go, man, that was some of the most difficult things I've ever dealt with. I'm so glad that we've experienced them because as I walk into year number three, I walk with confidence again, even more confidence in my calling toward ministry. Okay, Zach, man. Wow. Thank you for that honesty. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Um, brother, though, like, so one of the things about youth ministry is it's a weekly grind. It's a weekly yep. hustle. Uh, sometimes there's an ebb and flow to it. Yeah. And in that ebb and flow, maybe it's after like a, like a Sunday gathering or like a midweek gathering. When that last kid gets out, there is that process of like, of like, of like the come down, the debrief, what we call like the after nine questions. Like, yeah. like where, where does your mind go? Where do you go? Like after, like after the kids are gone and the lights are off and the doors are locked, like how do you handle, how do you deal? How do you self care? Absolutely. So uh, I found in my own life that my mind after, and I think I learned this as a as a worship leader first. Okay. So as a musician, my mind always goes to the negative when I'm done with a performance. Okay. Um, I, Super I actually critical. Sang, yeah. Yeah. My wife and I used to sing opera. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we performed. We did a lot of different things like that. But like after a performance or after a worship service, there's always a, this this penchant to go to the negative. Like, hey, that transition was bad, or this didn't work, or whatever, right? And the same thing is true of youth ministry. Um, so we would get done, and my, the first place that I want to go is what went wrong and not really what yeah. went positive. And so the way that I've combat, I sort of, I need to combat that. And I know my own personality. So I'm, a, I'm very extroverted. I need people to recharge. So I started talking to my leaders and I said, listen, so I, I do this thing with my leaders that I totally stole from Ryan, uh, the other host of our podcast. Um, it's a tier system. And just to like give you the breakdown, uh, tier one is as needed and available. So if you're a leader who loves youth ministry and you don't have any time for it, uh, maybe you just want to bring snacks or like help us out with a van every once in a while, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're tier one. I got okay, a bunch of tier okay. one leaders. They love youth ministry, but they don't have the time in their schedule. Tier two is like, hey, I, I'm, I love youth ministry. I'm going to be there every Wednesday or Sunday whenever you do your event. 
but I'm not going to speak. I'm not going to come to the, the events where we speak vision and we like talk about planning. Like I trust okay. you guys to do that. This is where I can do my commitment. And then there's okay. tier three and tier three is all, I have like six tier three leaders who they speak into the vision. They help me plan. They tell me what's good and what's bad. And, and we work okay. together. Okay. On that. Um, and so you, the leaders get to choose what tier they are. I don't put them in the tiers. They make, okay. they make their own choices. Self-assigned. But good, good, good. <laughs> that's Ryan's system. And what I did was I added a tier four. And of, so course in, you, of course you did. <laughs> I added a tier four. So tier four is open to anyone uh, who okay. works in the youth industry. And it is tier four is our, is our code name for after youth group is over, we get in our cars and we go, well, if your denomination allows it, we go to a pub. And if it doesn't, okay. we go to a restaurant <laughs> Nice, nice. <laughs> and uh, we order, we have a beer and some chicken fingers and some burgers. Or if your denomination doesn't allow it, you have some, a juice box and some chicken fingers and some French fries. <laughs> and, and some and, gravy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we sit down. Usually it's a group of like seven or eight of us every Sunday, same place. Okay. We go okay. in. We turn. They have sports on. So we wa- right now we're watching the Bruins because, you know, it's Boston. We got to check out our hockey. And we just talk about youth group. Hey, man, what, what, what went well? What didn't go well? And they always have positive things to say to me about youth okay. group. Okay. They're not really focused on the things that were negative, you know? And okay. so we sit there for like an hour and a half, two hours. You know, yes, youth group gets out at 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And yes, I don't get home until 12, 30 or 1 o'clock in the morning. But yeah, yeah. it is one of the most cathartic experiences for me. And what it does for okay. my leaders, it says like, hey, not only do I value you as a leader, I value you as a friend. And mm. we spend that time together every single week. Um, and we're called the Sunday crew at the pub. They like see us come in. We pray for the, okay. the servers. Like... <laughs> We talked to him about Jesus. It's, she's like, and she'll come up to us and be like, hey, uh, when you guys prayed today, can you just pray for my mom? She's not doing well. And uh, awesome. it's just unbelievable. Like, we have a rapport now with these people at the, uh, at the pub slash restaurant. Uh, it's good. It's a really good space. Oh, man, that's so good because it's like, I mean, it's like youth group 2.0, right? It's one of those, like, <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, let's rehash it. Let's, let's, let's live the life together. Man, that's great. So that you live, you literally have youth group after nine. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what we do. And it's, it's nice. I would say, make sure like for me, I have an elder that's also a leader. He's a tier okay. three leader and an elder. So I can get away with doing things. Cause he's like, oh yeah, I'll be there. Okay, yeah, we're, nice. we're gonna have a beer. Yeah, we're gonna have some chicken fingers. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> so for for you, for, it's all it's all copacetic. It's all on the up and up. For yeah, for our your... our district is we we don't call it a, a wet district. We call it a moist district. Okay. So <laughs> first one's from God, second one's from the devil. All right, just just keep okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a time to unwind. Not everyone not everyone drinks. I just wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to make some jokes. <laughs> sure, sure. A little, little ribbon and a little jab. No, and hey, man, that's so good that like. Again, like there is that like human element with your leaders, right? I think so many times like we, we, we value our leaders as assets and not as friends. And that yeah. can be kind of damaging, not in like an intentional way, but it's just one of those like youth is over, youth leave, leaders leave, I leave, right? But like, yep. but you need that like, again, we got to talk about the top of the episode. Like they probably didn't remember what you said either, but they'll never forget the Sunday crew. <laughs> like they now, like, remember you get to church in the morning and they, they look at you and they go, Tier four, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, of course we're doing tier four. <laughs> oh man, you're coding it. That's great. The poor kids yeah, that are awesome. like, what's tier four? You're like, can't talk about it. Can't talk about tier four. Tier four. Yeah, but old the, enough, and yeah. our students, they value this too because now they all know that we go out after and your friends and they yeah. see us as friends. That's you cool. Know, and the youth leaders work together and they're part of it and they see us at church on Sunday and we're interacting as friends and you know all that kind of thing is really important to model to your students. Oh, I just, I really just love that you one up Ryan. That's really my favorite part of yes. the whole story. I always have to one up Ryan. I do. Oh, I love it. I love it. No, dude. Hey, hey, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I know you're listening. Um, awesome, man. 
So you've been doing this stuff for a while. Clearly, you have some 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 systems and some learnings and some experiences. Uh, we talked a little bit about getting drop kicked earlier, yeah. But maybe more than just like the hard edge of like, hey man, this is your call. Like, what is if you had a time machine and could go yeah. back in time, what would you tell your first yourself in youth ministry? Maybe, maybe like, hey, the struggle is coming, endure. Like, like what what, what would be your advice to to first year Zach that only like older Zach could get through to him? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's pretty fresh in my mind, uh, being being uh, that I got into this at, at twenty six. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think there are two there are two things that come to mind immediately. Um, number one for me, and I'm sure you guys just did a podcast. I, I forget which number it was a couple of weeks ago on productivity and yeah, yeah. keeping yourself keeping yourself uh, organized and time management. And I think the biggest thing that I would tell myself is to find someone. Number one, find somebody that can teach you how to do time management because you're not good at it. Right? Listen, 26 year old Zach, you're not good at it. <laughs> You're not as good um, as you think you are. Yeah. yeah, you're not as good as you think you are. Uh, you are just cocky and arrogant enough to think that you can run this thing without any issues. And uh, you need to you need to relax. Um, the second thing I would say is, you, you know, this is probably typical of, of anybody who's in ministry. You need to learn how to say no. You should have said no. Like, really, in a year when, when the worship leader leaves and you go to the elder board and say, like, listen, I love worship. I'll be the student and worship pastor. No problem. You need to learn how to not do that stuff. It's yeah. not a good choice. I mean, you'll be able to bless the church for a while, but eventually your wife will want to kill you. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing, or the last thing rather, is uh, really, really make a boundary between work and home. Mm. Uh, work and home. Uh, you know, I live, so like where my office is, if I walk for, like not even 40 steps, I'm in my house. Okay. So my house okay. is, I tell people I live in the church parking lot. It's because nice. my my house is literally behind the church surrounded by parking lot there's like a little bit of grass my house and then parking lot so (laughs) i live in a parsonage which is not it's kind of weird for a youth pastor to live in a parsonage but we have two of them which is really cool and awesome and so i'm right there and it's very hard to break between being home and being work it's hard for my wife to do that too because if if the kids need something or she needs to go somewhere hey just pop back over the house and watch the kids right you can watch the kids for an hour Yeah, yeah 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 So I, we have a good balance that we're working at. We're still two years in, three years in, and we're still trying to figure that out. But I would say uh, time management and and learning how to have boundaries uh, are your biggest problems, Zach. And guess what? Two years, two and a half years later, they're still your biggest problems. <laughs> hey, man, you know, you, you, you have to correctly identify and then you're just making little gains all the time. Yeah. Just trying to make up. Yeah. But hey, those, those are like, those are real things. And I think you can't hear those enough. Like, especially Absolutely. if you can like put them out front and just know that like, these are the things, this is the tension you're going to live in between. Uh, and it's good, man. And, it's, and I think I think you rightly said <laughs> these are things that we have to uh, be taught, and these are things that we have to learn. So even Absolutely. if your first yourself heard it, they may not have learned it. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> like I mean, I think for all of us, like we, somebody probably actually told all of our first yourselves these things, and we were just like, "Nah, forget you, man." All right, man. Well, hit us with hit us with this. Uh, you're my friend. You're techie. You're you're in you're in the know. You're in the haps. Um, what is one practical tip, application, or process that is making your time in youth ministry better? People love takeaways. Give us something to download, try, buy, utilize. What you got? Uh, so for me, I I use social media to my advantage, um, and I feel like most youth pastors understand that they're. Well, I should say most people in ministry understand that social media is is important in in the sense that there are so there's so much potential for connecting with an audience. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So in youth ministry, I, I, I walked in 
I'm I'm like an old school guy, right? You guys were talking about uh, Zanga the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I totally had a Zanga, and I had a MySpace, and you know, I I got a Facebook when you had to have your EDU account to get it in a college. Yeah, right? like, yeah, yeah. Social media is what I grew up with. Like I know it, and I and I love it. But um, I, I realize that like my youth are connecting on one community, and I might be connecting on a different one. And so I sure. asked the question of myself and my leaders. I said, "Listen, where are our students?" What what platform are they on? And that was like a question that led to a lot of a lot of changes in the way that we use social media. So, and this is where we probably disagree. <laughs> All of our students are, I'd say, eighty five percent of them are on Snapchat. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Some of them, I mean, obviously, people have a bunch of stuff. Like they'll be on Facebook, they'll be on Instagram as well, but their most interactions are happening on Snapchat. So I looked at Snapchat and I said, I hate this platform. Like, I hate that it's so easy to uh, send nudie pics that no one can trace. I hate the discovery feature, which I've talked about on our podcast, which is now starting yeah. to get changed. Um, I hate looking at Kim Kardashian, so please don't put that on my Snapchat. So, you know right. what I'm saying? There's like, there's a lot that was there that I was like, oh man, like, what are we going to, we can't use this, this platform. And... I started to think about it and pray about it, and I felt like, for me, I needed to have some sort of life-giving presence on any community that these kids were on. Okay. And so what I did was I started Snapchat Story Breath Prayers. That was number one. Okay. Okay. So a breath prayer is just, you know, you, you breathe in one thing, you breathe out another. And my, my goal for them was I would go on every Tuesday. Uh, I would uh, And I, I had to embrace Snapchat, so I was, like, taking pictures of my kids, and we were doing all this stuff. I was showing them my life. You got to be organic, right? Because you don't yeah, want to be just a marketing platform. You got to be a full person. That that's whole right. social approach. media is social. Who knew? Right. Who knew? Yeah, <laughs> keep it social, friends. Keep it social, not just media. Keep it social. You got to do the eighty twenty rule, man. It's eighty percent right. your that's life right. and twenty percent marketing. All right. <laughs> so I get on. I get on Snapchat. I'm doing my thing, and every Tuesday I do. I would do a, a breath prayer, and it would be stuff like you know, Abba Father. So like, Abba, I belong to you. And I would tell yeah. the kids, like, listen, you're going to be walking from one class to the next class. Every time you get in the hallway, as you breathe in and out, you're going to say, Abba, I belong to you. And then we mm -hmm. would say, okay, today we're going to be, it's going to be, Lord Jesus, give me peace. Lord Jesus, give me rest. You know, help me to love people as you love people. Like, it's just little things. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I got such a huge response. And Snapchat allows for um, you to take a screenshot, and it will tell you how many kids do that. And so yeah. I would say, like, okay, screenshot the next snap, and I would put the, the breath prayer on it. Yeah, and I would have people that were hitting that all day, and they would get yeah. stuck. And then once they once they snap uh, screenshot it, it's in their it's in their camera roll, and that's they're right. gonna stumble on it again. That's right. That's right. So I started they're, realizing they're gonna that take the time to delete it later. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're gonna delete it probably, but they'll look at it first. And um, I started to realize that for Snapchat, it, it wasn't ever gonna be a, a platform where I could like read scripture to them or like give them a message because they won't really yeah. pay attention. Right. But it, it could easily be a platform where I could teach them not only the value of prayer, but that I was praying for them regularly. And so Good. the breath prayers turned into what I do now, and that is Wednesday Pray Day. Um, so I don't do a hashtag, although we could. There's no hashtags on Snapchat. But Pray Day on Wednesdays um, is very specific. Around like 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, and you may say like, but the kids are in school. Well, they look at their phones all day anyway, so why not? Right, right. I send out a... Uh, a snap to every one of my students. I put a little pizza emoji next to all their names so I know which ones are youth group. And then my my young adults get a little uh, little sheep. So all little sheep on the young adults. So I just go right down and I send a message that just says, hey man, I'm praying this morning for you anyway. Give me a specific prayer request. Nice. And dude, I average 45 to 50 prayer requests a week. That's I amazing. write them 
as soon as they come in, I write them in my notebook. And then what I can do is each week I can go, all right, so-and-so prayed for their cousin who has cancer last week. Um, but two weeks ago they prayed for their philosophy exam. Like, yeah. let me check in on that philosophy thing. Like, Hey, how you doing in philosophy? It's like, it, it requires no effort for me whatsoever. But for some reason, like I now know what these kids are stressed about and what they want prayer for in a, in a deeper way. It's, it's just a huge thing. Uh, and so I, I think, Using you could do the same thing with Instagram. You don't have to use Snapchat. I think sure, Instagram sure. could work the same. And I started, I started, you know, using that platform. I get more parents then, but and yeah. that's not a bad thing. But I want the kids to know that I'm praying for them, and I can yeah. see them. Like I'm starting to get kids from other youth groups that are like, "Hey, my friend from your youth group says you pray every Wednesday. Can you pray for this?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and man. I'm getting people on like that will follow me on Snapchat either through the podcast or other things who will send me prayer because some guy I didn't even know was like, "Hey, I'm going to Florida, and I'm I'm scared to like get on the plane. Can you like pray for me?" And like some kid <laughs> yesterday was like, "My dad's sick. Can you pray for him?" Wow. And, what it's essentially done is it, it's proved to this community on Snapchat, the ones that follow me and who are connected to my kids and, and the, the youth group, that I am a, a pastor who prays for them and that yeah. I will pray for them. No questions asked. Yeah. And I've just started recently turning it. I, I make it a challenge now, too, where I'll say, listen, I need you to pray for my daughter who ha- is dealing with this thing. Like She's sick and I want yeah. you to pray for her. And I expect nice. that you would pray because yeah. I'm going to pray for you. Yeah, yeah, and people are doing that. And then this this next week, we're gonna do. Um, I want you to pick one person. I don't care who it is, and you're gonna go up to them. And you're gonna ask them how you can pray for them today. That's good. That's good. And it just becomes it, it, there's trust that's built, and then challenge that goes out. And we're teaching the power of prayer. Um, so very cool. Uh, I hope I hope I didn't go too long, but use no, that. that's good. That's Snapchat, good. Yeah, do Instagram, do whatever, but get your kids giving you prayer requests. No, that's good. Well, and also assign them an emoji. I love that. That's the- that's amazing, man. No, yeah, it's good. It's a, this is our new church directory. All the uh, students that are 18 and under are pizza emojis. All our yeah, young adults are Pizza emoji all. next to their name. It helps to uh, get it together. It's really helpful. That's how we're going to divide up our small groups. Man, that's so good. And it's so powerful that, like, again, it grew out of this, I mean, to use all that language, out of a social reality of you being, you know, available as a pastor figure inside the relationship of trust and now, only now, beginning to challenge them, right? Like not leading with like, hey guys, first snap, I challenge you to pray, but to yep. be available into like these like built trust relationships. And now inside of the trust, you can challenge them. And that's 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 good, good work, man. And that, that applies to any kind of like you know, thoughtful or visionary or strategic way to engage totally. with students. And so it just happens to be on uh, my least favorite platform for stuff, <laughs> you know, whatever. That's fine. But I get it because your kids are on it and I get it. And that, yeah. and that to me is what, what makes total sense. So man, uh, Absolutely. I mean, Zach, obviously like we're super excited. Uh, we're partnering for podcast stuff now moving I'm forward, so pumped. <laughs> but uh, if folks wanted to connect with you more specifically, how could uh, listeners of after nine uh, Zachariah Hummer connect with you in a way um, to ask you more about Snapchat or Tier Four yeah. Ministry. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, listen on all the platforms uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Snapchat. Um, I am uh, at Pastor Hums. So Pastor H U M Z, and Z, got uh, it. you can find me on. That's my that's my Snap code. Uh, that's my that's my Instagram handle. My Twitter handle. I will tell you that I run my podcast Twitter handle, which is at Not a Real Pastor. So I do nothing on my personal Twitter. So okay. if you want to like interacting with me on Twitter, it's best to just interact with our podcast Twitter because okay. that's me. My the other host <laughs> Ryan doesn't do anything <laughs> on on Twitter. He's afraid of it. Okay. So- <laughs> 
Is he like a fear of birds? Like he grew up in the Hitchcock era. Yeah. He's afraid of birds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not just saying that to like promote my podcast, but seriously, I don't have time for two Twitters. So fair, fair. <laughs> There's yeah, only yeah. one that I function with. Right. If I'm going to spit 140 characters into the void, I'm only going to spit it once. Just one time. Yeah, I don't. Just I don't have time to do it twice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there it is. Our interview with Zach Hummer. Honest, heartfelt. Man, Zach, thanks again, brother, for sharing. I hope you've enjoyed this. Again, check out the link in the show notes for listening to When You're Going to Be a Real Pastor, our proud new partner podcast at Youth Ministry Booster. You can check out their their, their website, their, their show information. Listen, give them a subscribe, a rating, and a review. It's, it's a free gift. It's a nice way to say thank you. If you really want to, you can also send them an email. So check out all those things in the description to let Zach and Ryan know that you appreciate them. And for all of our new friends up in the Northeast Alliance churches, we hope that this is one more podcast that's helpful and encouraging for honesty and youth ministry. Thanks for listening to After 9. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter or Facebook at After 9 Ministries or visit www.afternineministry.com to subscribe and learn more.